This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouse South Podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer. I'm Eric Quintana. He's Sam Franco. Payson Schwinn. Yes, he got a run on the first you. try! All right. First time. He's been practicing. Only took a full week. I've been practicing all week just for that. Uh, and Lenny United, 3-1 victors over Sporting KC. Yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, uh, yes. when you're talking about starts to a season, uh, that's the way – well – I'm not going to say it's exactly the way you wanted to start because you did lose uh, Arawushu, it looks like, for at least a month. Uh, and I have a feeling it's probably going to be closer to two or three. Um, but you did have a fantastic start in terms of the score sheet, in terms of getting the win, in terms of starting with three points. Um, and the good thing is that you looked good doing it. I think everything you possibly could have wanted, like you just said, Arawushu's injury is obviously a bummer. But – the way that they handled Sporting KC, one of the top teams, you know, probably top two or three teams out West, uh, the way you handled them, the way your defense played, uh, the way Andrew Gutman looked, um, just so many things went right. And I think especially not having some of your key pieces, uh, you know, not having Almada, not having uh, some of the other players around that are going to be, you know, very important for Elaine United going forward this season. Uh, I thought overall they looked tremendous, uh, particularly, you know, in transition and on the counterattack. And, you know, uh, we, I was in the, the postgame presser with Pineda, so we'll get into some of the stuff he said later on. But, uh, you know, I just think overall that's about as good as you could have hoped for uh, coming out, getting that win against a very, very good team, uh, a little bit understaffed, uh, so to speak. And just, you know, getting back to, to ha- playing the type of soccer that Atlanta United fans not only are used to seeing, but want to see. Like, that's the product that Atlanta United is, is you know, identified with in terms of winning. And that's the way they looked against Sporting KC. Just, just complete, um, you know, class really all the way around. I, I think, obviously, there were guys that struggled and, and had their moments, uh, you know, that they would like to, you know, have back or whatever. But you know, that happens. I, I think the, the big thing, too, was you – I, I keep saying, like, it's just so perfect all the way around. You just answered so many questions that, like, I think a lot of fans have. It is one performance that you got to take it with a grain of salt. But even, like, giving up the late goal and then getting the goal from Wiley after that. So, it's like mm-hmm. instead of blowing a late lead, you, you know, rebounded from giving up a goal that could have potentially, you know, caused things to go the other way. So, just, just a – completely awesome performance if you're an Atlanta United fan because it, it kind of just checked all of your boxes. Yeah, and just, uh, you know, you guys have said it all, but I'm looking at the starting lineup now and every single guy, maybe Guzan, you know, iffy performance, but, you know, he didn't have a lot to do. Um, but every guy out there starting played a great game. My, even, like, Miles Robinson was probably the, the most invisible guy I can remember. I mean, which is probably bottom. a good thing for a center back. Yep. Yeah, it was good. Uh, George Campbell played great. You had the the front three was clicking, and even and Dom Dwyer's coming on and scoring. The midfield looked fantastic, uh, distributing well. Uh, Alonzo looked like a rock in the in the middle, and then you had a breakout performance from Gutman and 
oh my gosh, and, and great crosses from Hernandez and just all around. And when Dom Dwyer scores for your team, <laughs> it was a good game. It was a good game. So, yeah, so I, I, you know, I, overall, just incredible. I hope y'all can hear this. I'm patting myself on the back because the first yeah, time. I want to I say first, you know, when Sam two weeks ago got on here and started saying, this is the best signing ever. I, I, was <laughs> I didn't say all that now. That audio. <laughs> well, it was close, but uh, I was hoping maybe Eric could get in there, pull that audio for later. But unfortunately, he was absolutely right. He, uh, Dom Dwyer came through, and he looked great. Uh, he was kind of gassed after playing yeah. 60 minutes. He it's only one gassed. game, and he did miss a sitter. Like, I, I was joking with Sam Jones. Uh, you know, it was like um, – I was like, man, Dom Dwyer's had such an interesting day today. You know, he, he misses a sitter. He has the, uh, you know, just ridiculous goal that he scores. And then later on, he, like, didn't cross the ball in at the right time or something. Something – you know, just kind of like that you obviously wish you would have back. And so just like just so many random different things. And Sam Jones looks at me and goes, it's the uh, Dom Dwyer hat trick. So it's like, you know, you never know <laughs> what you're going to get out of this guy. But look, I, all I was saying was that give the guy a chance because in a different role where you're not relying on him to start. I know he did have to come in a lot earlier than we were expecting him to in this game. But, you know, give him a different role, put him with some different players around him like a Joseph Martinez, you know, like some of the guys that Atlanta United has and see what can happen. And, you know, I think, uh, I think Dom Dwyer had a heck of an introduction uh, to the Atlanta United fan base. Again, it's only one game, but I am very happy with what I saw in that one game. I, I mean, if you look at what we talked about last week in terms of what we kind of expected, what, what we hoped for this team moving uh, going into this season, a lot of it was getting back to that fun, exciting style of play. And then the second kind of aspect to it was not having to rely on Joseph. And when, who's the, the persons who persons who's the name I don't see on this score sheet is uh, yeah. Joseph Martinez, which look, I, I'm not saying I don't want him to score. I, I, obviously everyone wants him to score. I would love for him to, you know, score 40 goals in this season. And well, is he assist you know, machine everyone, now? Come on, you know, he's, <laughs> I, I, I'm two assists. And I'm perfectly fine with it. I, I, I look. I, I again. I don't want him not to score. But it, 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 you even heard it. I think in the broadcast. Um, I forget who was saying it, but they were talking about how. Oh, that Pinedo was saying you can't rely on Joseph. That we got to be able to open it up and 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 have other people contribute in the way that they contributed uh, last Sunday. And so you look at the way he was able to kind of make himself uh, kind of a kind of this team player. Joseph, that is with with the Araujo goal. Um, what do we call that? Is it a back heel or like it was a, flick it was on? a back heel? A little bit of both. You back know, it's a back heel, heel yeah. flick. Back, I think back heel flick on. Him. Yeah, back heel. Flick. Um, you've got the you know. I, I, when the ball to Dwyer it was crossed the field. It was an that was an also an incredible ball. Yeah, I, I, I think about that one, man. I, I just you can't to, to have Dom Dwyer step into a moment like that where it's not a position he really plays on that right side. He's typically like a lone striker type of guy. And for him to produce something like that, he had his, he had his, uh, you know, Yamil Assad moment last night. Dude, produce something like that. He claimed a man's soul. Like just, you saw it leave his body on the field. It was like the craziest thing because I'm not saying that I ever thought in a million years, I'd be sitting here talking about, Dom Dwyer busting out a Tech or Tuesday move before scoring an awesome goal for Atlanta United. It was just insane. Yeah, I thought if he was going to score, it would be complete junk. But that was that was pretty. <laughs> he absolutely smoked the dude and just railed it in with his left foot. 
But and I, to think, I, on Martinez, to, think, to, think, to think he could have had a second goal too, and I know. he would have been sitting for a good portion of the game with the ability to potentially have a hat trick. I mean, he could have he could have really surprised not only Atlanta fans but Orlando fans too. Yeah, and uh, to your point about Joseph, I, I think it was Rob who wrote in his summary like Joseph could be, you know, I don't know if he said this, but he could be like a Harry Kane kind of guy where he, you know, scores fifteen a year, gets twelve assists. I mean that. Yeah. I think that the older he gets, he might turn into that kind of player who can, you know, he has, he has some good opportunities. They maybe didn't finish, but um, that he might in a, in a different game, but, you know, creating opportunities and, you know, scoring opportunities. It, it, if he keeps playing like that all year, we're not going to have to worry. At it, all. it reminds yeah. me very much of like a Wayne Rooney type role, you know, early in his career, Wayne Rooney, a guy that was, you know, scoring a lot more as a striker up top, then later on he kind of dropped back and was the guy that was kind of sitting in behind. Maybe that's the kind of role if Atlanta United can find a proven goal scorer to be, you know, the number nine, if Joseph slides back a little bit, plays more of like a number, you know, maybe like a number 10 type role, you know, that that's what he was doing when he played that beautiful backheel flick, Tadouju. And yeah, I think a lot of Joseph's game that I noticed from uh, the first game there against Kansas city was dropped back like he wasn't like the last guy in Atlanta United's attack like all the time you know he was dropping back trying to facilitate like you're saying so if that's what he's gonna do you know he's got the skill to do it I think you know the the scouts and coaches in Europe wanted him to be a winger you know they wanted him you know putting in crosses and doing that kind of work so I think they probably saw it in him to be able to kind of facilitate and do things like that so maybe they weren't so far off. I mean, obviously, winger, probably not the best position for Joseph. But maybe they weren't so far off in their valuations of him in terms of the European scouts and stuff, saying that this is a guy that we think can facilitate because he looked pretty damn good doing it against Kansas City. Yeah, and uh, I am just glad that we have someone to come off the bench for Don Dwyer. Arujo, I'm a little, you know, worried about, but – if Joseph's not scoring, you know, having different options that he can feed is just uh, is going to help us a lot. Um, it, it, it didn't – I mean, granted, he was only – he only played for about 20 minutes, but he did obviously score the goal. Um, it, it, um, it, it's not like you, you lost a step whenever Don Dwyer – and that's what I was worried about. Whenever Don Dwyer stepped in that position, I was like, okay, well, how else is the team going to have to kind of facilitate that they're missing their, one of their key pieces, uh, you know, out wide? You know, what, what does that look like, you know, for the rest of this match? And it didn't look like – it looked like Dom Dwyer understood what he needed to do and did it well enough to where it didn't look like anything was out of place. Um, and I think that was the key to the whole thing. I mean, this, this match, I think, was uh, – you hope – look, I, I remember last week I said, you know, the first five games are kind of extended preseason. I still hold that pretty true, even after a good win like this. It's exciting for sure. Um, and it's almost, you know, when, when you have, when you're full strength and all the visa guys are back and all the injury guys are back, you know, you almost hope that this kind of continues. The one thing I did see that I wanted to note out is that whenever Moreno, uh, went in, he clearly was like, I'm ready to play. Yeah. He looked great. Yeah. He looked like he was ready to play and he wanted in, he wanted a goal and he wanted to, um, it gave you more confidence in what this team can look like when they got all their pieces together, 
here at full strength and and you know further into the season once they're once the chemistry with all the new guys is, is built up even more you know I think what Moreno might have realized is that he needed to step it up because maybe in training or maybe just you know in in you know preseason you notice how good this team might be looking uh especially you know if you're involved and you see it every day like the players do you know maybe he's like man this is how good we're looking without, you know, some of these guys, like imagine what happens when we get, you know, Almada and we get everyone back, you know, you're, you're looking at, at possibly a whole different ball game. So, you know, Moreno, a guy who I think, you know, is definitely one that shows flashes from time to time that he can be great and, and be a player that is going to be very impactful, but it's not consistent enough. So I think maybe he's like, man, I got to start showing a little more consistency so I can get regular minutes because right now, you know, if Atlanta United can continue to play the way they're playing and then you add more pieces and become even stronger, then, yeah, people are going to be fighting for minutes. So uh, the, the way Moreno looked, yeah, it looked like somebody had lit a fire under him because, yeah, that was, that was uh, you know, peak Moreno in terms of what you want to see. Yeah, and uh, I just – one point I wanted to make too was, uh, you know, we had all these visa injury, et cetera. To have a team come out and play like that shows you that they're kind of buying into the system. They're actually listening to the coach. Yeah, the coach clearly has a vision, and they're beginning to implement it. So that was, like, really great to see that you could still bust out a win even if you don't have your best players, where during the DeBoer – slash Heinze years it was like oh god you know without you couldn't even Joseph, with really, your best players what are you talking about yeah I mean <laughs> I don't even know if we had yeah it was a, just no system and our players are always injured but uh you know now that we've got the you know the preseason under Pineda I it thinks you know things really seem to click I mean for a first game against a big opponent uh at home with a bunch of people out I mean I couldn't I was not expecting that and I came away just Happier than I've been in maybe two years. We I haven't mean, even mentioned Caleb Wiley soccer, yet, man. <laughs> generally. <laughs> yeah. And Caleb and Caleb Wiley having the, the, the moment. You know, I remember Andrew Carlton had one of these moments. Hopefully, uh, Caleb Wiley. Oh, will, dude, uh, no. Don't do that. Well, sorry. Don't do All that right. to Wiley. I, I didn't do that. Drop the Carlton bomb. But Caleb Wiley, I, you know, it seems, you know, I'm glad Pineda kind of put him in his place a little bit. He's like, hey, he's young, you know. I'm still waiting for Carlton to get penciled in as a starter. Oh, <laughs> the love, reaction I from uh, I, I remember, I remember, I remember when I. Sorry, never mind. Let's. I was gonna say the reaction <laughs> from uh, the reaction from Caleb Wiley's dad was so awesome. If you haven't seen that oh. yet, all right, it's out there. Yeah, incredible. They were in the stands that night. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, seeing How your cool kid score like that. Yeah, I mean, not just that. It wasn't just that he scored. It's that he scored when the team needed him to. You know, this is a team that had a penchant yeah. it was, for blowing it was, leads. Like you needed that goal. Look, Kansas City, Kansas City, uh, Sporting KC. I mean, was tired. They 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 were obviously trying to get that that second goal, uh, but in the moment you needed it, uh, Wiley stepped up and and it's not a garbage goal by any means. He he earned the whole earned thing, it. and to have the composure um, to to slot it in the net, it, it, you know, good for him. And hopefully, this is just you know the 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 first step of many. We see him in terms of growth, in terms of uh, confidence, in terms of. Um, you know how much playing time he gets. It's I. Hopefully, we're seeing more of him in the future. Just it's funny because Felipe. Somebody keep him from away from Buckhead for the next couple of weeks. Be <laughs> <laughs> off Snapchat, and we'll be good. Yeah. yeah. Tape his passport to his body. Yeah. <laughs> Not allowed to go to the. Luckily, we don't have CCL this year. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's funny too. Like you, you, you look at a kid like this, and Felipe Cardenas pointed this out on Twitter. Uh, he was like, 
man, that kid was more nervous in front of us in the post-game press conference than he was, like, on the field scoring, like, basically the goal that put away the game. And it was so funny. He was, like, so well-spoken and everything. But the quote that obviously stuck out to me was uh, when he was like, you know, don't let anyone tell you you can't do or can't be who you want to be. Just go out there and do you. Believe in yourself and you'll achieve it. And he also talks about uh, how much love he has for the city and the club. And, you know, he just – he was like, they've given me so much. I just want to give back. And it's like, dude, when the homegrowns do it, it just hits different, man. It really, really does. It does because they, they, you know, grew up in Atlanta. They're from Atlanta. They live and die with the club. So that was really cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, again, I uh, emphasize that this is not the, the final product. So just because you have one good win doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to win MLS Cup. Um, sorry to be the De- Debbie Downer, uh, uh. but it just it has to be said because, uh, you know, you could go on a 10 never mind forget it but we, the point we, is we could still win mls cup don't get, we don't could, get look step one was but, accomplished step one was accomplished we're that we're there anybody we in the, the playoffs can win mls cup let's not <laughs> kid ourselves okay you get into the playoffs you could win MLS cup. The, the bigger point is and so the reason i say that is because normally i would you you because you can take away certain things from this match and uh, so Gutman is a perfect example. You didn't really know exactly what you had in him, specifically in Atlanta United uh, uniform uh, on this team, and now you know that you've got a a <laughs> you've got a a prototypical, basically a Red Bulls player on your team. I think it was I forget it was Sam Jones that basically dubbed him the well mentioned that. But the point is is that you've got a guy that's going to press, it's going to play hard, it's going to um, be this kind of workhorse for you uh, defensively mm-hmm. and. That's exact. I, I feel like he is kind of the, at least in this match, a little bit of more of a composed Fr- uh, Franco Escobar. Oh, yeah, a little more. Yeah, uh, no, I see that. Less a less a less you know chaotic Franco Escobar. A little bit more strategic. A little bit more technical. Not necessarily on on the ball, but uh, when it comes to how he defends. Yeah. Um, the work rate was incredibly it, impressive. It, it, I'll give work him that. Rate, but yeah, he wasn't fouling was or getting cards uh, unnecessarily. Yeah, I mean, he was he so played you, great I mean, defense and, and great recoveries. You've seen that out of him. You know what you can get out of him in, in that regard, and so you hope that that continues. Um, you know, we, we all talked about the Dom Dwyer uh, signing and what he could be, and now you know that, okay, well, he's a guy that, I mean, for all we know, he might be starting next match because of how, how good he kind of pretty much looked the entire match that he played. Um, uh, last on Sunday, you know, you know, now you're starting to realize before you didn't really have options. Dom Dwyer, I don't think was, I don't think they wanted to throw him out there at, at that moment. I don't think Pineda was like, oh, well, I, no, of course, I'm not. pretty sure you look back. It's like, well, they were trying to get the pool. I mean, they were trying to get the you know, they were trying to get someone else like in. And I think a lot of people that had kind of gotten after us when Payson and I talked about it, they were like, Man, I don't know why you're talking about Dom Dwyer like that. They're going to get another guy, and, and Dom Dwyer's going to be your third option. Well, I think <laughs> I mean, honestly, the thing I was that I said, to say it to you too, man. <laughs> I mean, the thing that I've got to say about that though is it's South American transfers. Nothing is final until you see that dude put on your team's jersey, and even then, it's not final because I've seen Paul Pogba in an Atlanta United jersey before, and he ain't playing for Atlanta United. <laughs> so when it comes to like South American rumors and stuff, you just have to be very careful who you trusted everything like that so obviously when the Dupuy thing fell through yeah it's Dom Dwyer that's what we got and right now it looked pretty good in in one game we only have one game sample size but man I really hope that he continues to play like this because that would be a great story hey uh, can I can I just jump in with a a 
Twitter question real quick. We got, oh, we got, we got some, a Twitter uh, question. Just on this topic here, we got uh, Elliot Beaven uh, asking, how surprised uh, were you guys about Dom scoring? And then the second one I want to cover is from Pierce, Curse of a Kid. What's our front three this weekend going to look like uh, starting one? That, that's those are i think the first question uh sam was not surprised because he, he knew all along <laughs> that john dwyer was going to the all-star game <laughs> but the second one Golden front boot. three this weekend can you start dom and maybe take him off in the 60th minute what do you guys do you know um, i don't know what they're gonna do i think you know it's it's interesting because in the post-match uh comments one of the things that pineda said and obviously he kind of had to do this just based on you know, what happened to the game uh, and, and the injury to Araujo and stuff. But, you know, when you're kind of playing almost two strikers like you were with Joseph and, you know, Dom Dwyer, I know that Joseph dropped back a little bit. But Pineda doesn't like two strikers because he says sometimes you'll lose that tactical advantage against a back four. So, you know, it's almost like do you have to play, you know, a two – I know he said he doesn't like it, but the way that it looked against Kansas City – it's almost like, well, right now, especially with Araujo out, and you're, you're still not going to be full strength, I think, going forward for a little bit longer. So, you know, do you not, you know, mess with something that isn't broken, so to speak? I think it, it's going to be interesting to see what, what they end up doing. And I think that – I don't know. I, I think you well, probably you, still you go also, with Joseph up top with, with two guys outside, you know, or whatever. I, I don't think you're really going – you know, a two-man front yet. So I, I think you're still doing Joseph and then, you know, any any number of people, you know, outside depending on, you know, what Almeida – or excuse me, what Pineda thinks is best. You don't want to – you don't want to try to fix what's not broken, but you also don't know that it's working 100%. You know it worked, at least in this instance, against Sporting KC. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I'm with you. I look. I looked at what I saw after uh, Araujo came out, and I was like, "I look. This is this does not look bad. This looks fun. This looks. Yeah. I think it was a product of more um, the defensive pressure than anything else. But I mean, look. That's what got you. That's what led to the exciting style of soccer we liked in 2017, 2018. Um, Dom Dwyer has that kind of mentality. I don't, I don't know if he has the physical abilities yet, but. He's got that mentality, so maybe you work him up this week and see if he can't, um, you know, help you be that guy. I I think the only question for me, if if you're looking at maybe changes from week to week, is whether, I mean, Wiley over Wolf. That might be the only one yeah. if you're even considering a change. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I, Araujo, I think it just depends. I don't, I'm trying to think what the options are for for a guy like Araujo to come in. I don't know that there's anything that's super-duper obvious. And I think you honestly just drop Joseph back a little bit and kind of have somebody else playing on top. That's what they did, and that looked pretty good. Well, you also had to consider that Moreno might be back uh, next week. Um, I was was going to say maybe have him. uh, You got Brooks coming back. I'm not sure who else. What what could happen is you drop basically – I mean, it all depends on how Pineda sees – uh, Charlotte FC and so if you're looking at the way this lineup was set up on Sunday if you were to take uh, you know Wolf at that left wing position basically drop that position back and put Moreno kind of in the middle and on top of Alonzo then you're essentially playing a 4-4-2 and that would kind of I, I feel like that would work great with uh, the pairing of Joseph Martinez and, and Dom Dwyer um, so I mean it, the, the, and again I think the this was not Joseph's game because he didn't have a guy like Moreno who kind of likes to 
at least what you saw in that last few the, the minutes that he did get um he was a guy that was trying to you know make runs uh play basically he almost looked like a like a like a second rate almiron for a little bit um in those moments Third rate. and so whatever the point is <laughs> obviously not as good but uh what i mean is that that would that would um that would obviously benefit Joseph more than it would a guy like Dom Dwyer. So maybe, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you, Sam. I don't, I don't, I don't change much, but also you got to recognize that there are players coming in that you're going to have to find time for or find play, space for, because, you know, I, hopefully it, it's, 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 what is it? Windows. So hopefully we're talking about issues that Panina has to figure out that there really is no wrong answer. It's a matter of just kind of, making a decision and then just seeing exactly how it unfolds over the course of 90 minutes. I mean, with Colorado yeah, you are, and, and Charlotte, your, your next point. two opponents too. I mean, you know, you're not well, Colorado. I think is better than what they hold on. But. Don't sleep on Charlotte. Charlotte might've lost to DC United three, nothing, but that game was very much in hand for Charlotte. Yeah, They didn't, if, they didn't if play as for like the, the soccer gods were very much did not want to see Charlotte win because Charlotte definitely, I, I think, and I think most of DC United would, would admit that they did not, uh, Charlotte probably should have won that game. Uh, the, it's hard the, to say the, that the about score a three-zero scoreline, though. Well, I mean... I, one was one was a PK, uh, and then I think were more fluky than anything else. Yeah, we'll have, and, to, we'll have to wait to see if Charlotte's really is a Hodi, you know Hodidos. Are they screwed uh, or not? <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I, I want to get to one more question to get out of this uh, front three prediction. But wait, I, what was, was the what was the other too. question? You, you threw two out there. What was oh, the, the other question? question was how surprised you guys were that Dom scored. And I'll, I'll leave that to you, Eric, since we know Sam's answer. He wasn't. I, I mean, I was – because he scored pretty quickly, like within 10, 15 minutes of him coming in. Yeah. Or was it in the second no, half? Was, I, I, well, he no, missed a sitter before half. scoring. So, like, he, he got involved very quickly. I, I, was, I was surprised that he was – yeah, so, I, okay, I'll put it that way. I, I, was, I was surprised that he was as involved as he was that early. I thought it, you know, it would take him um, a couple of minutes. I didn't expect him to, you know, and essentially end up the hero of this, of this match to an extent. <laughs> no. uh, so it, it's, uh, it, it surprised me that, you know, I guess someone who hasn't done well over the last couple of years was able to find, but that, I mean, maybe that's, that's that's what happens in this game sometimes. I mean, you look at uh, – <laughs> I'm going to harp on this. I'm going to beat this until until people finally get it. It's not a surprise that when Joseph meets up with a guy like Almiron and they have very, very complimentary play styles, that all of a sudden Joseph goes off and he's like, never seen before. And so you never know what those combinations between players can kind of unlock the potential. You think Dom Dwyer of, has of, turned yeah. uh, j- turned into like uh, you know the next Raquel May or something because he's playing what, with Joseph Martinez. What, <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that maybe it's the combination of these Atlanta United players that open up space in specific positions that give him the ability to take a guy one v one and then curl it past a keeper. Maybe this is maybe the fact that he was on the right wing with Joseph in the middle pulls defenders in a specific way that just benefit. Uh, Dom Dwyer to 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 the extent that now again one game consistency is key and across the in, across the board with Atlanta United with any team in MLS so one game is not going to prove anything to me you're excited about what you saw but at the same time you want to make sure you want to uh, you know especially in the case of like a uh, Gutman you want to make sure okay is he going to be able to do this for the entire season is this what we can expect game in and game out or was he just so hyped up about game one in Atlanta United 
uh, in an Atlanta United uniform that he just was balling out. You know? Yeah, and I, and I do we, think do we as, get a straight red next game? Like we don't know what to expect just yet. That, and I know that seems pretty obvious, but everyone seems everyone loves to kind of. I don't blame. I mean, I I sort of did it too. Everyone, when they see good performances, they want to jump and they just yes, like this is what we can expect from here moving forward. No, give it five, ten games, and that's what you expect. That's where you create. That's where you see more of the patterns. That's where you see yeah, what you and, can uh, take away from this game is um, the fact that. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just, I was just saying that to your other, your point about Dom Dwyer. You know, I I think his time in Orlando, he was probably you know getting double teamed, triple teamed. You know, he's out on the wing by himself. Uh, you know, and he's probably great in those situations. Not a situation he faced probably when he was the focal point of the team. But the other thing is, I mean, once everyone comes back healthy, he's probably going to go back into his role that they expected him to play, which is pop up off the bench late in the game or play in a U.S. Open Cup match against, uh, you know, Macon State, uh, whoever, uh, and, <laughs> and come on and, and try to uh, try to put one or two past, uh, you know, a, a third-rate keeper. I think that's kind of what he'll be doing, but it was great to see him, you know, have that chance it, in, a, in a big game and play 60 minutes. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of that once some of these players start coming. Well, who knows? I, well, here's, here's, even if you don't see it, it's good to know that you have that option. I didn't yeah. expect when I saw Dom Dwyer, it, it was even, I think I forget who commentated on this game. It was Fox. Right. So I, who knows? Yeah. Um, but you know, even the commentators were surprised. It was a Stuart Stuart Holden. I think but oh, doesn't matter. They were surprised that he was uh, uh, the guy that was going to come off the bench, I think, but I think they knew that there was no real other option. So right. it, it didn't, it's good that you can, you can call on a guy like Dom Dwyer in that moment and he's going to do what he can to step up. You know, he's got the mentality. Um, and so you just want to see more of that. You want to see more of these, uh, of these moments. You want to see consistency across the board. And look, if, if they play like they played Sunday against Charlotte, then you're not in a rush to get guys back earlier. You're not in a, you're not trying to rush out of Ujudu get um, to, to, you're not trying to rush him back from injury. You're not uh, worried so much about the effect of not having, you know, the visa guys back just yet. You know, you, you're, you're a little bit more at ease, at least as a team. Think, think of it as a team when you're now, every professional player looks at these moments. and It's like, yeah, I can step in this moment. I'm good. Fan base is more objective in the sense that they can look at, you know, they understand that a guy like, uh, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to put Andrew Carlton in for, for, for Moreno, you know? That's that's an obvious statement, uh, but Andrew Carlton in those moments, I don't know why I'm using Andrew Carlton as an example, but in in those moments, I'm saying he Andrew would, Carlton, he would he would feel that he would feel the confidence that he could do it, and so um, to 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 have that confidence after one game to know that you know I, I can do this that that this is a good setup for us that uh, we do have a bit of chemistry here going on um, to help to have that go into game two and then hopefully into game three four five six as the players are coming in. I mean, it could be really good. It could be really good, but consistency is key. Don't get, I mean, enjoy the win, enjoy it, enjoy how it happened. And that you've never seen, never seen before um, with the senior team score. Actually, I don't think Caleb Wiley had ever scored a goal, even with the twos, right? No, I think this was. Just- no, I mean, he's. I could, I, I could be wrong about that, but I, I don't think he scored with the twos either. 
No, I mean, I, like he's, I think he came off as uh, more of a defender winger type than, you know, yeah. a, an all in out uh, striker. But, um, you know, I, uh, it's funny you mentioned, you know, you're, I, I can feel you're kind of pumping the brakes, Eric. But I, I will say, like, I was just thinking back to the first match uh, under DeBoer and, and how bad that was. How bad <laughs> you'll, that take, felt. you'll take this right now. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I, and looking at this match, I'm like, wow, that, I feel like we, we know what we're doing. We're, we know what we're doing out there. You know, we didn't have everything we needed, but we made it happen, and the, the guys seemed bought in. So I, I know we still have a long season to go, but this felt a lot better than it has in the past. Oh, without a doubt. I yeah, mean, absolutely. I'm excited. You, you can't help but be excited after that match. And to, to knowing that you're going up against Charlotte and, um, and that, you know, as good as they played last week, that they're still a new team. They're still trying to figure it out. Um, you know, you hope that you can take advantage of that. But, but I don't I don't have a feeling they're going to be as bad as like an FC since um, or like a Minnesota United back in the day. I don't think they're going to be that bad. I think they're going to be competitive. I'm not, I don't think they're going to be a United competitive year one, but um, they're going to be – you know, they're not going to be a walk in the park. I don't, I, I honestly don't think DC United thought they were a walk in the park. I, I understand the scoreline is, is scoreline because it did not look like a three nothing game. It, I, I, it, Charlotte looked more dangerous on the night, and it's, it's almost disappointing that, that that's not reflected more in the scoreline. But the soccer gods were against Charlotte FC last weekend. Well, you're not going to get lucky in your first go-round, but, <laughs> you know, that's just how it goes. But, you know, I, I think that right now, you know, I think one thing we can say is that at least in the early going, Atlanta United got their toughest test out of the way first. And for you to come out and look as good as you did against that sporting Kansas City team, um, you know, or sporting KC, pardon me if I'm not getting your branding right, um, I think that uh, well, not people get pissed off about that kind of stuff. Um, but no, I think that you know you, you looked very, very good against a very good you know opponent, and I think now it's it's time for Atlanta United to keep looking like that. And I think Gonzalo Pineda uh, has this team going in the right direction, and, and not only that, but has this team and understands what he wants this team to do, what kind of style he wants this team to play, and not only that. But he doesn't want to just play, you know, or be limited to one style of play. I think he wants to be able to sort of be able to change it up from time to time like you had to do against Sporting Kansas City. The, the more, you know, agile, so to speak, you can be, uh, the better you're going to be because you're going to be able to break down multiple types of teams and multiple types of, of you know, defensive game plans. So, yeah, uh, and, and we've had that trouble in the past where if someone – if they parked the bus and we couldn't break through the block, we were kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that Pineda is a little more flexible. It's great that they look so good in transition too, because, you know, I asked them after the game, I was like, Hey, was that, you know, by design, was that intentional? You know, are you, are you trying to get back to more of a transition style? Because you're not going to get a whole lot of blowback from the fans because they love it. That's what Atlanta United was playing. You know, a lot of it was, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. And a lot of it was, 
getting caught out at times because you were being a little too aggressive with your counterattacking. But I think Gonzalo Pereira doesn't want to, again, lock himself into any one system. Uh, but he does want to, you know, be able to play on the counter if you, if you need to or play a little bit more of a possession style. I think the way that this game shaked out, you know, Sporting KC dominated the possession, you know, for the most part. And Atlanta United, um, you know, took advantage of their opportunities. And Atlanta United fans are used to that kind of style. And it's a great style to watch when you can do it well. And maybe this team can do it well. But it's not something that Gonzalo Pineda is just going to say, yeah, we're going to stick to playing this transition style. Because I think he just wants multiple different ways to attack opponents. And, and, and you know, that's, that's a good thing. He feels that when and if they can take advantage of the counter, they'll use it. Yeah, and that first goal was a perfect example of the transition in that, you know, they, there was a bad pass in the middle. Uh, Josh uh, – no, I keep calling him Josh. Uh, and um, anyway, so he, like, picked it up, immediately got to Joseph, and he flicked it through, and it, within – 10 seconds, we had a scoring opportunity to put it away. So that, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. All right, let me jump in with a, uh, another Twitter question from uh, Jason Smith, the one and only. Oh, uh, podcast emeritus host, Jason. Yes, the legend. Uh, so he says, uh, yes, on a scale of, eh, it happens to Eric trying to say Payson's name, which <laughs> is, I guess, a disaster. Uh, how mad should we be at Pineda for Arujo being sent back out there after his goal? Because if you notice, uh, he wins. Arujo he kind of pulled up wins. after that. Yeah, after that during the celebration. So, who do you, who do you guys place the blame on? I, you know, I uh, I generally think players uh, kind of send themselves back out there, so it's on the coach to kind of say, man, maybe we should pull you. But yeah, if he said always he was tough okay. situations. Like that's the thing. If he said he was okay, like I don't think he goes back out there if he doesn't tell. Pineda, the medical staff, you know, whoever, that he's fine, he can go back out there. I think he probably thought it wasn't as big of a deal as it was, but then you start to run around a little more, get back out into the open field, and then you realize, yeah, this was bad, uh, take me off. Uh, so I would say that's probably what happened more than anything. I, I wouldn't put the blame on the coaches for that. Yeah, as, it, as, it, an, old, it, as an old man who's been injured many times, it, it kind of starts <laughs> small and then you go – you may be one more sprint and he clearly like toured a little bit on that, you know, trying again, but you know, th that's just the way these players are built. They're going to try to go back mm -hmm. out there. And, and I, so I think he heard it on the goal. I, I don't think it he was did. Actually. That's what we're saying. He heard it on the yeah, goal a little bit, uh, but I think he didn't Pulled feel up. the uh, full brunt of it until maybe trying another sprint after that. But yeah, he well, definitely but, pulled up during the goal celebration, but he also, he also didn't know. I mean, you also, I mean, it's not like he could then, jog it off i mean he i guess he could have jogged a little bit but um the next the, the next moment he had to really kind of test whether how you know whether it was like a like a tweak or, or an actual tear or a sprain or whatever or a strain i should say um was the next time he kind of was able to run and so um you know i i i don't know it's not like Pineda sitting there like looking at every player to make sure they're not injured. No, the, the players know that if they're injured, they need to come off. And if they can't perform, they're going to hurt the team, you know, blah, blah, blah. You've heard all this before. So it's, you don't want to have to make the sub that early. So you also want to see, Hey, are like, is this like a, like a thing or, or, you know, you're, you're, you're going to test it out no matter what. I'm not saying, you know, I don't think it was that much longer. He was in the game. No, I don't know. 
I don't know why anyone has a problem with this. I, you need to, I, I, maybe there's not a full understanding of how that, that works. There's not a, the, the full context of that relationship between injured player coach, uh, because I don't think that Pineda has anything to do with it. I think, like you said, uh, Payson, it, I don't think Pineda, what the hell was Pineda going to do? Pineda has no idea. Pineda how has no idea how hurt he is or isn't. I mean, what is he gonna do? Well, and I think of it also. It's not even, like it's not like it's not like Araujo like went down after the goal and was like, I need the training staff. I mean, he clearly thought that okay, this might be a thing, but let's see exactly how bad of a thing it is. Can I run it out? Like, what what what's going on here? I mean, Joseph went yeah, back and, and played on tour ACL for two, like whatever, for for a few for a few minutes. So like, who, oh, yeah, that was bad. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> it's not. It's 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 the players that end up deciding these moments. It's not the, the coach has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I mean, and if, he, if this had happened later in the game, game, I think he would have pulled himself much quicker. But when it's like you know, the super hour, hour, 18 20, minutes 20, in, 20, yeah. yeah, twenty minutes in, first game of the season, like get out of here. <laughs> who's blaming? Who's blaming Pineda? I'm, I'm going to say Jason Smith did, so you can get at him on Twitter. Yeah, ooh, man. Uh, well, there's, a reason no. he's on the, there's a reason he's on the podcast anymore. Oh! oh <laughs> man, oh, I was, was going to bring him back for an old-school show, but, man. Love you, Jason. Yeah, we need, we need to bring him back so you can apologize. Lo- love me, Jason. Love you, Jason. Uh, hey, I got, let's get off the injuries because that's depressing. Let's get back on to uh, the, the healthy guys. Uh, just Dave at, at Dave's Twitter. Just a question about uh, Moreno and Lennon. Uh, you know, they, you guys talk about Moreno and Lennon coming back. Do you think uh, with more fitness, they're going to kind of start, uh, maybe start the match the next time? Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Says Dave. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that the starting 11 you saw today, just because they played really well, is going to be the starting 11 moving forward. It, it's going to, it's going to, Pineda is definitely going to adjust as guys get healthy and they come back from whatever, whatever's keeping them out. Um, and so the team will have to adjust to that. I, I think this is a good problem to have to go into game one and look as good as you did. Now, again, to put it in perspective and to give proper context and to also kind of pump the, the just cautious optimism about the whole thing, SKC could be the worst team in, of the year in MLS. We don't know anything yet about Atlanta United or SKC. Uh, and so we got to, that's why I wouldn't fixate on the starting 11 you saw last Sunday. I would look at what you did see, uh, the good things you can take away from that and how this team can adjust moving forward, the opportunities and the good, the good problems that Atlanta United has moving forward. You can throw a pie at my face if Sporting KC ends up being the worst team. Like, I, like, I, I'll, like tape it, cut it. Like, we'll Save put it. it. We'll we'll put it on YouTube. We'll do it for charity or something. Yeah, you can throw a straight up pie <laughs> right at my face if KC's the worst team in the league. I, well, I don't know. It's you, it's know, you know, you know, anyway. you, you know what I want. You know what I want. If SKC ends up being the worst team, I want you to like go to a corner of Mercedes Benz Stadium, and that corner. Ha- everyone has pies. Oh, and they all melted with pies, the same dude. Time. That would be great. I want yeah, you to do it for charity. charity. One dollar goes to underneath charity, a, a mountain of pie. Oh, that's a good call. One dollar gets you a pie, and yeah, it's just just make as many whipped cream pies as possible. See how much money I want you buried in pies. But the problem with that, all the, the problem with all of that is it's not going to happen because Sporting KC isn't going to be the worst <laughs> team. I get what Eric's <laughs> no, trying to right. say, but like uh, I think that we can take a lot from this game just based on the fact that Sporting KC 
has darn good players. I think the thing you need to take from this game more than anything is Atlanta United might have a, a darn good defense this year. You know, you stopped the team that had, you know, Daniel Saloui, one of the most prolific goal scorers in MLS last season. Johnny Russell, a guy who is definitely He's a badass. I love that. Yeah, guy. Johnny Russell is like I would love to have that guy on my team. Um, you know, Graham Zuzi's still rocking it for KC. So, you know, they've got weapons. They've got players that have been, you know, very good in this league. So for you to, you know, hold them to one goal probably really should have been no goals. Yeah. Yeah, and that was off a corner. It was just poorly handled, but as usual, <laughs> United not not doing great on set pieces. What you but yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, that's that's kind of where I take the positives is the the Gutman, the, the kind of unexpected uh, things we saw. And Joseph two assists, Gutman, you know, deservedly almost being man of the match. I mean, just those kind of bright spots. Take that and, and move forward. And the fact that we got we actually have depth this year. Wow, that's nice. Um, something we didn't really have in the past. So the the way I see. The way I see it is that you've got – what you saw last weekend was Atlanta United's B team. And so that's, yeah, that's what I fair. take away is that your, your yeah, B yeah. team is fantastic based off one game. Everything – you loved everything you saw out of that B team other than the fact that Araujo got hurt. But that's, not, that's aside from the fact that – that's aside from the actual play on the field. You love that you have options coming off uh, of the bench. You have options in case of injuries. And – um you know, after that performance, you're very confident in, in, in what you've got. And you're not worried about, you know, uh, even Joseph. If Joseph were to go down with another injury, God forbid, you're not even worried so much about what are you that doing? even now. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Man, you guys pick are a bringing up some field. bad juju, hold on. man. Andrew Carlton's that, coming up in here. Joseph Hold injury. on. <laughs> ah. But that's the point. The point is what you saw this past weekend was a, a great indication of, of what you can do with the players – uh, that'll likely get replaced. Well, I'm, I'm thinking more of the midfield than anything else. The players that will be, uh, you know, the subs coming off the bench. Um, you don't have to depend on the starters for as many minutes because you know what you're getting off the bench is really, really good. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it, it, these are good problems to have. Good. And I say problems because, you know, it's going to come down to, okay, well, I don't want to leave, you know, a guy like Dom Dwyer if he's going to keep producing the way he's, he almost produced did produce and almost produced uh, this past Sunday. I don't want to keep him on the bench for too long or for, you know, for, I don't want to have him playing not enough minutes saying, you know, and run down that list of players that you would, you know, mm -hmm. Gutman, uh, for example, or, uh, or, or, or Alonzo, or I'm, I'm trying to think who else. Caleb. Yeah, Alonzo too, because you don't know how you know, many minutes you're going to get out of him. But. And that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, these are good problems to have in the sense that, you know, you, you can depend on these guys should times get tough or should you just, want to you know it, it in the past last year for example two years ago that wasn't the case anyone that wasn't a starter was like oh gosh this is the major drop-off and it looks like atlanta united has to at least after one game corrected that to an extent to the point where the the b team quote unquote and i'm not like the b that's just a nice little label i'm gonna put on them i it, it sounds demeaning and it and i feel bad saying it but like that's that's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was our team it was our A minus. Could potentially, it was, it had, could, had some good could, could potentially <laughs> could potentially be. Well, no, but you know what I mean, though. Like, you know, yeah, you're no, not, know. You're, not gotcha. you're not you're not not starting Sosa. You're not not starting. Um, Paul Mata when he's here, yeah. 
But here's Almada a tip, though. When he's here. Yeah, here's a tip. Starting Everybody's players. starting a B team in week one because it's week one, and you don't know a lot that's, about that's, your team. That's – but that's not. But the okay. So let's say SKC was starting their B team. Their B team didn't look that great. That's fair. The United, if that was their B team against Charlotte, even though they won, they didn't look that great. Does DC United have an A team? I don't know. I don't think the, so. the point is, <laughs> the point is the 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 players that stepped up when they needed to. Uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic thing to see, especially after one game. You hope that continues, uh, and you hope that this, this, this team that Atlanta United put together for 2022 um, is as good as you as as they look on paper so far. Yeah, I think that's exactly and, right. And you and 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 you can be optimistic going into game two, game three, game four, and you, what you hope to see to kind of drive that optimism even further down the season is the consistency everyone everyone looks for. Yeah, we're obviously going to react like on a game by game basis here, but but yeah, I mean, you can't draw too many conclusions off of just one game. I think that's that's ultimately what you have to say here, you know, in terms of you can heap praise on whoever, but you also have to say, yeah, let's let's see it happen for two or three games. Let's string it together and see what happens when this team, you know, faces some adversity or faces you know, a team that's going to throw a monkey wrench into their game plan. You know, it's one game. So, yeah, you, you, you take what you saw and hope they can, you know, or hope you can you just project it as to those are going to be the performances. That's what they're going to be looking like going forward. But ultimately, I think that this Atlanta United team played a very good first game and – the optimism you have to have as a fan is, yeah, let's, let's carry this forward. Kind of like Payson was just saying, you know, let's carry it forward for the next few weeks and, and see, you know, if this team can really, you know, in a condensed or, you know, not condensed, but, but a season that was started earlier than you're used to playing, you know, let's see if Atlanta United can hit the ground running and, uh, and make some noise early on in the season and, and, and keep some consistency. Hey, I, I just want to jump in with one final tweet. This one's from Tommy. Tommy! At Let, yeah, at Let's Go Ducks 96. I met Tommy before the game. Uh, very uh, nice oh, there to you meet go. you, Tommy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's an out-of-towner, so uh, well, he you, I, I, into town. You'll like this tweet. Uh, he says, let's dedicate five minutes to Sam Franco, how he was <laughs> right about the city in the forest and Don Dwyer. Well, We're I not mean, doing the... that, Tommy. You're blocked. You're reported. No I mean, City in the that. Forest wasn't something I was really right about, more so than, you know, it's just I knew the history of the city, or know the history of the city. And, uh, yes, I did say that it's a very Chamber of Commerce-type uh, slogan, because it is. <laughs> All right. We're not spending five minutes on it. And, Tommy, no more questions, please. <laughs> no, moment of silence for Sam Franco. Five minutes in honor of Sam Franco. Go. Oh, oh, no, but I, I will give it up to Sam. <laughs> Sam, for being very right about Don Dwyer uh, two weeks ago. And, Eric, uh, last week you were saying, you know, we need to look strong in transition, and we did that this week. So, pass on the back all around. I don't know. I'm not getting any props. Wait, so what did I say? I think one of my predictions for the season last week was Don Dwyer five goals. I feel pretty good oh. about that right now. He almost had two right off the bat. <laughs> I still don't oh, know gosh, if he's going to reach five, but who knows. <laughs> I, look, I truly I hope that he gets a hat trick. Every time he plays Orlando City, did Orlando City? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't think he left Orlando City on bad terms, did he? I can't remember what happened there. I think, I think it was just. just I think there was already was surplus to requirements because you know they had DK. It, yeah, there you go. Or they they had plenty of good. Young who played talent one game or role, Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. I, I didn't think I, I, <laughs> I kept hearing the, the, Oh fuck you Orlando chant. And I'm like, I don't think that they left them bad. Ter- like I, I think that or uh, Dom would like, I don't think he's a bad name in Orlando or anything like that. I think no. they're like, it's a, there's a good relationship there. So I don't know that that's the most appropriate, whatever. Anyway, that guy was a very good player for both sporting KC and Orlando city. I mean, the dude had a very no, good he, career. Yeah, he was both great for SKC. And he, he had a muted celebration respect. He yeah. didn't just go, you know, balls out. <laughs> he gets yeah. his former club. He did. I would have after a goal like that. Are you kidding me? Okay. So looking ahead to uh, Charlotte FC, Colorado's um, next chief. I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried to correct so, you earlier more that's, subtly. That's why I was so, now I'm just like, hey. so focused on Charlotte FC. I, gosh. I, hey, man, I, you were just looking too. You're looking past Colorado. And I was. Do that. I was. Team. Even though they look like crap early on the season, they're better. We'll I think see. they're better than they played, but we'll we shall see. see. And it's in Colorado. Uh, it could be chilly, guys. Well, looking altitude. at Colorado. Looking at Colorado Rapids, what is something that no, I'm oh no, it's, I know why I saw that. Never mind. Anyways, <laughs> look at, looking ahead to Colorado Rapids, uh, seeing what knowing what you guys saw uh, last Sunday, what do you guys want to see? What do you hope to see um, from Atlanta United specifically? I think it's very hard to you know again, it's early in the season, so we talk about how you can't you know take too much from Atlanta United's performance you hope they can replicate it and, and play like that going forward. But I, I don't think we know enough about either team to really kind of say, oh, well, I want Atlanta United to attack Colorado this way. You know, I think that I would like to see Joseph Martinez continue to show us maybe a new role for him, not just being involved up top, but distributing and kind of being a playmaker that, you know, we've talked about this before where a lot of the times Atlanta United and Atlanta United fans like to typecast certain guys into this guy has to do this, this guy has to do this, this guy has to do this, this guy has to be, you know, the new Alamidon, this guy has to be the new Barco, blah, 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 on and off. Shared responsibility of duties is a way better system than just typecasting individual pieces into they have to do this, they have to do that. So if this thing, you know, what is it? Uh, the clockwork arms, not on how mechanica of the, uh, the Dutch teams with Johan Cruyff, you know, you want to be smooth and, and everybody being able to kind of play off everybody else. That is a beautiful way to play. And if you have players that can do multiple things, if Joseph Martinez can be a distributor, can be a facilitator, but can also be a goal scorer. Same with Dom Dwyer, same with Luis Araujo, uh, Moreno, um, Almada, so on and so forth. If you have players that can, intertwine and play together that's ultimately going to create more problems for the defenses you go up against so ultimately that's what I want to see as a continued evolution of this team and how they play under Gonzalo Pineda because I really liked what I saw in week one yeah my my comments real quick just how you know how we're going to keep uh, consistency going forward as we integrate Lennon Moreno Sosa, whoever is going to be healthy this week, keep adding in our kind of key starters and hopefully keep uh, the consistency going. Um, you know, I, I don't really – I would love a win, but just I would love to basically see them, uh, you know, create chances, uh, bring some of those guys into the fold and keep playing like they did last week. Well, look, if they, if they decide to pressure, I mean, you look at the game last week that Colorado had against LAFC and – Obviously, LFC gave up uh, 
a hat trick <laughs> to uh, Carlos Vela. Uh, you, you know, you, you could see something similar that, you know, I'm not saying anyone's going to have a hat trick for Atlanta United, but you could uh, see something similar in terms of, of what you saw with Colorado against LAFC in terms of where you saw Colorado kind of being forced to defend Colorado is a team that kind of has been one of the better teams at, uh, you know, set pieces over the last couple of years. So maybe that's an angle that uh, Pineda decides to focus on this, this week. Um, you, you know, you, you, on its face, you look at Colorado and you're like, okay, this is a team based off just last week. Um, that Atlanta United should be very competitive in, um, that they should probably take at least a point away from. Um, you know, you just again, it's one game, so it's not a, it's not a, you can take little bits and pieces, but you can't take the whole. Um, and you don't know exactly what's coming up for Pineda in terms of choices when it comes to roster decisions and how that might affect, you know, the chemistry or or the 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 playability of of this team. Um, but I, I, I would, I'm, I feel strongly that Atlanta United should probably win this game. Um, and that it would be a disappointment they didn't unless something crazy happened. But otherwise, you just want to see the, even if they find moments where they struggle, you just want to see the continuation of what you saw uh, in the first match and specifically with guys like Bootman with guys like um, if Dom Dwyer decide, you know, ends up starting. <laughs> Look, I don't want him to be the assist King of 2022. I just, I want him to, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, cause so I, I w- as much as I would like to see him assisting, I would also like him to score some goals. I'd like him to, you know, kind of, kind of be that guy again. Um, and defensively, you just hope that you're you're still you know you're not make, giving up any mistakes. That's the only thing that I think can really kind of kill you in this match against Colorado is just dumb mistakes, uh, overconfidence mistakes, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree in the sense that you know you, you're going against a team that you know, just on paper you're more talented than you should probably beat. So yeah, I, I think that a place like Denver is always going to create problems with altitude and th- and, and that you know situation so hopefully Atlanta United are you know good in their fitness uh, for this game because yeah it's it's a whole different ball game when you're and you're playing at a little more altitude so hopefully Atlanta United can uh, can go out there bring back the three points and then get ready for Charlotte uh, and then as, uh, Eric was trying to do and then we can uh, <laughs> once again Charlotte discuss Charlotte next week <laughs> look only Toronto zero shots on target so no, as strong I mean, as we, we should definitely is. tie or win this game. I'm just, uh, I'm just beginning of the season. I, I just want to see some, some consistency. Yeah, I'll call it 2 0. I'll, I'll give us a 2 0 win. Cautious optimism and consistency. I, I mean, yeah, I can't give me the same scoreline, right? Let's go. Yeah, Eric, your internet's terrible right now, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and try and take over because you keep chopping it up here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're all pretty much in cahoots that, that Atlanta United will, will probably win this game. Uh, Payson, you want to give us a scoreline real quick? I'll go, uh, I'll go 1-1, and uh, Joseph will get one, and then he'll be super mad that he won't get another one and tear his shirt off. Well, thanks a lot, Debbie Downer. Jeez, uh, with your well, one It's a 1-1. One, one we draw. It's okay, <laughs> you got to win every game. Uh, no, I, I think one one would be fine. You know, you go on the road. Uh, you win. You win your games at home. You do what you can on the road. You're going to be fine. 
So hopefully Atlanta United can, can do that, take some points on the road. I, I do want to, before we get out of here, I, I did want to, um, I guess, not really commend FIFA because they were cowards and waited for uh, the IOC to do this before they did it. Um, but they have banned Russia from the, uh, you know, competitions going forward. And uh, I think it's the right move. Uh, obviously, we're, we're in a, a pretty tough situation uh, politically right now in the world. And, uh, you know, just kind of for a quick delving into a topic that is not necessarily Atlanta United related. Hey, FIFA actually did the right thing for once. How about that? <laughs> Eventually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, they were yeah. cowards because they, they waited for the IOC to do it. So they didn't have to be like the ones that looked like they were doing something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, all the teams that were in that pod or whatever, because they were in the playoff uh, qualification pod, like, or, or what, however they were doing it in Europe. It's like the first time they've done it this way. It's kind of weird. Um, but all the teams in that pod were like, dude, we're not playing Russia. So FIFA's hand was kind of forced, honestly. But, uh, you know, again, good on for them for, uh, for doing the right thing, even though, uh, yeah, it took some prodding. All right, good. That was here. Uh, here. Is my internet? Is my is my internet back? Is my internet I, I think it is back a little bit. Yeah, you you were cutting out okay. there, so I just wanted to jump in and save us from uh, having a long awkward pause. But yes, I believe your internet is back. So Eric, if you have any thoughts on FIFA finally doing the right thing, please give them to me. Well, outside of the fact, right. All right, Eric's internet sucks again. So this has been another a tremendous, exciting episode. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Ah. All right, we're just going to go ahead and sign off because this has obviously jumped off the rails. So um, we have given you our predictions and anything. Uh, Payson, I will give you uh, uh, the last word here. So what uh, would you like to do with the uh, final few seconds here on this edition of the Mouths of the South podcast? You know, just uh, hearts go out to everyone in Ukraine, and uh, I'm hoping and praying for a Joseph Martinez goal this weekend. I like both of those statements. Stand with Ukraine and Joseph Martinez scoring goals. For Eric Quintana, I'm Sam Franco, and he is Payson Schwinn. We are the Mouths of the South. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, back next week with another exciting edition right here on DirtySouthSoccer.com. Bye! <laughs>